Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with uh, Switch to Manual Guys. I'm Antonio, and I'm by myself today. This was going to be episode 32. I wanted to release this uh, just after the previous episode because I just recently went to the Photo Plus Expo East in New York City at the Javits Center. And Tom and I spoke about this a little bit in the previous episode. We were talking about the community of photographers. And I thought I would just release a little episode uh, that I made during my visit to the show floor there. I figured this would be the first time I would do a recording from a show floor. And I I interviewed a few of the uh, companies that I found some really little interesting gadgets I'd like to share with all of you. Uh, I didn't uh, interview any of the bigger companies like Nikon or Fuji. I figure all that stuff is uh, easily found on the internet and not very interesting. But I tried to seek out little companies that were doing, creating gadgets and stuff like that that might be interesting to you guys who are listening. Uh, But let me give you my impressions of the show first very quickly. I've been going to this show since college, so I've, I've gone for a very long time. It's a big trade show. Happens at the Javits Center in New York City, all the way on the west side. It's a very funky-looking building. You can actually see this building is this. Uh, the Javits Center is used as often as a surrogate for an airport in uh, movies and stuff like that because it looks like an airport inside. And a long time ago, the the show itself was very very large. It used to span several of the main sections of the in- interior of the Javits Center. Uh, there used to be a lot of photo labs there and printing services and, of course, all the major companies, uh, Kodak, Adobe, even Apple would show up once in a while. This year uh, and in the past few years, the show has been is much smaller show. Uh, usually now it's in just one section of the uh, Javits Center and a lot of the big players are still there, Nikon and Canon. Kodak doesn't exist anymore, so it's it's actually kind of sad that they, they're not there. I think the last time I saw Kodak was a couple of years ago, and they had a little teeny tiny booth, and they were giving out film, and there was actually a line for that, but uh, I don't remember seeing them last year, and they were definitely not here this year. Uh, Adobe used to show up. They don't show up anymore um, for some reason. I guess they don't need to. Apple showed up a few times. They don't show up anymore either. Um, they don't really have anything to do with photography industry they used to when they had when they had aperture they used to show up but they aperture has been gone so they don't show up anymore and you know there are big manufacturers there uh, epson and sigma uh, sigma showing off new lenses tamron and some other major retailers like bnh and adorama are there although they're not there on the saturdays because of the religious holidays so they close so their booths are closed And usually I go because, like I said with Tom on the previous episode, uh, it's a a great way for me to get a a boost in my photographic morale. Uh, I tend to see a lot of people who I haven't seen in a while um, from the past, from different stock agencies I used to work for. And, you know, it's great to catch up with them very quickly. And just the overall feeling, everybody's there looking about looking at photography gear and talking about photography and um, there are seminars there too so it's a great way to go and learn things and I often get a nice big boost from that. Um, 
usually I sign up for a few seminars. Um, they, they tend to be a little pricey. Uh, and lately I have been a little dissatisfied with the quality of the seminars. So uh, this year I decided not to take any. Also because I was only going for two days instead of three. The show's the show runs for three days at the Javits Center. And there's actually four days. The, uh, it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And usually on Wednesday, they'll have uh, some off-site uh, kind of uh, workshops and classes. Uh, the show floor is not open until Thursday. But this year, I wasn't able to make it on Thursday, so I just went on Friday and Saturday. I decided not to take any seminars because I generally like to go there to walk the floor. Um, the seminars are really good if you're going to try to just get a taste of something um, they're only two hours long. It's very hard to get in depth in anything. Um, so they're usually a hit or miss for me. Uh, but this year I didn't take any, uh, and I don't really regret it, but, um, I do kind of regret that they're not really, uh, to me, they're, I don't get what I used to get out of the seminars. Maybe that's just me getting older and, and knowing a lot more or just, uh, I don't know. But, um, I would encourage you if you're if you're new and you're um, just getting into photography and you happen to be coming to the city in the fall, uh, the show generally happens in late October. Uh, I would definitely suggest coming, and I would definitely suggest taking some seminars because if you are just wanting to get a taste of what's going on, the seminars are really helpful. So, anyway, uh, I walked the show floor for a couple days. I decided on Saturday that I'd bring my uh, microphone and. Uh, Recording equipment, I try to do a field report for you guys. Uh, my first one was, I was a little nervous. <laughs> so, um, I was really kind of perspiring all over the place. But, uh, you know, after I did my first one, it was okay. And the guys were okay having me talk to them. And, again, I just decided to find a few little, you know, um, companies that were making some gadgets that might be fun to talk about. Oh, the other thing is that if you were ever thinking about getting into drones, there the, this place was full of drones. Drones obviously is the next thing that everybody wants to get involved in. Um, they've been they were a strong presence last year. They were even stronger this year. I bought myself a little teeny tiny toy drone. Doesn't have a camera on it. It's about the size of uh, I don't know half deck of cards maybe. Uh, and it came with a little remote control, and it flies for like five minutes before you need to recharge. Uh, two reasons. One, I want to scare my cats with it. <laughs> I'm just that kind of guy. I want to, you know, they'll probably bat it out of the sky and break it. But uh, the other thing is that um, the, when I was buying it, the guy said it's a great way to practice for when you get a larger drone because the, the little one I got has got the same controls. So... It, it's a little tricky to play with. It's small, so it's very, very reactive. And I figured maybe I'll get used to this, and then at some point I'll upgrade to a larger drone. Again, you know, we're going to have to see how the drone industry goes and what kind of rules and regulations there are. But some of the photography that's coming out of these these devices were really good. I mean, I was, I was looking at uh, sort of an off-brand one, and it was about $1,100, and the photography was fantastic. It was shooting 4K video. And it just looked beautiful. And that's the other thing I want to mention. I mean, it's not just a photography show. There's a lot of video equipment and accessories for DSLRs to shoot video with because the two things are sort of going hand in hand now. People are taking pictures and they're also doing video. Now, this is a trade show, so it's mostly business people. So we're all looking at this from the point of view of how we're going to increase our photography business. So, you know, drones are one way that photographers can open up the amount of uh, options that they can offer a client and also video as well. 
And so, you know, photographers are now beginning to step on the toes of, you know, true professional videographers uh, because clients are now expecting photographers to do videos. So the, the whole industry has been shifting, you know, as, as amateurs started to get into more digital photography and those cameras started taking over, professional photographers started to lose business. And so now it's going the other way in some uh, direction that photographers are now s not stepping on the toes but getting involved in, you know, video production and they don't necessarily have the uh, film skills that uh, uh, true cinematographers have. They didn't go to necessarily go to school for them. But we're sort of learning this as we fly, you know, as we go and by the seat of our pants a little bit. But anyway, the show has a lot of uh, orientation to video as well. So the drones, you know, shooting 4K. And what's 4K, mind you? Mind you, it's the new high definition. It's not something I'm worrying about right now because, A, I can't afford to increase my video capabilities to 4K. Also, my computer can't handle it. But it's much higher resolution than what we're used to. And it really is something to see. It's beautiful. Um, people are shooting it now to future-proof their video. So in the future, when everybody's got a 4K uh, television set uh, or can view 4K on the Internet, uh, they'll be ready for it. But it's not something that I'm going to necessarily worry about at the moment. Uh, so, But anyway, it's there. 4K is there, and people are grabbing still shots from video. So again, there's the photography-related thing. And there's a lot of uh, accessories for GoPro devices. Again, a GoPro's little uh, camera we probably already heard about it, and a lot of you probably already own one of these things, but there's a lot of accessories for that now, uh, like uh, handheld stabilizers, so you can do Steadicam kind of pictures, meaning the, you know, the, the stabilization, the images are stabilized. So the, the, my general feeling of the show is that it was very, very sparse this year. Uh, the floors weren't as crowded as they've been in years. I don't know what to make of that. This is the... First year I've noticed it. Last year I thought it was pretty decently crowded. This year less so, and especially on a Saturday when I would expect more people to come because it's in the city and you know the uh, it's not a work day, so people could more people could show up. And there weren't a lot of people, uh, and I don't think they were all in the seminars. So I, I don't know what to make of that. This is the first year I've noticed that the the show floor has been less crowded. I know that in general. Uh, trade shows are on the you know downslide and have been for a while, but this one has always seemed to be pretty steady. It's a one time a year show, and uh, it, it's always been crowded. So I'm curious about that. I'm just going to hold that in the back of my mind to see what happens next year. But again, it's a great experience to come into the city to spend a few days in the train show and and really be able to talk to uh, the manufacturers and the representatives of uh, uh, the companies that are there, and to give them a sort of a piece of your mind. And and I had a good experience at the Fuji booth, since I'm a Fuji guy. Um, partially, I'm also an Nikon guy, but I decided I need to go to the Nikon booth. I went to Fuji and was able to talk to someone about what I thought, what could be improved on my uh, Fuji X100T, and she was taking notes, and I believe she was sincere about paying attention to what I was saying. So... Uh, I've noticed that I could, you know, get someone's ear there and, and, you know, as long as I'm not complaining and being a total pain, uh, I, I get the feeling that they, they do listen to us. So, and actually at the Fuji booth, I was able to drop my camera off and get it cleaned 
and the firmware update. So that was kind of nice. So they didn't go and open the camera up to clean it, but uh, they gave it a good outside cleaning and and made sure the firmware was up to date. And it was it was kind of nice to drop the camera off. So the three companies that I'll be talking to, a company called Beast Grip. Uh, they make a uh, best way to describe it is a bracket or a cage to hold your smartphone in so you can sort of use it as a camera with handles on it or, f- or for shooting video. Uh, it was kind of neat little gadgets, not too expensive. Uh, the other company was iBlazer, and they create a little Bluetooth-activated flash slash constant light source for your uh, phone or your DSLR. It's teeny tiny, and you can hold it in your hands. And the last one I talked to was a company called MyOps, and uh, it was a it was a trigger for your camera that would be triggered by either light or sound. So I will let these guys describe what their companies are, and I will uh, see you on the back end. I'm at the Photo Expo East, and I thought I would give you guys a description of some really cool gear that I'm finding. And right now I'm at the uh, Beast Grip booth. Now. What is Beast Grip? This looks like a device that you hook up to your iPhone to create a pretty cool camera. So I'm going to introduce Vadim from Beast Grip, and he's going to tell us about what this device is. Hey, uh, so my name is Vadim. I'm a founder and creator of Beast Grip. Uh, so Beast Grip is actually it's a universal adapter, so it works not just with iPhones, but with any phone on the market. Not only iPhones, but like Android devices, uh, Windows phones, whatever? Yes, so any devices because uh, it's adjustable, so the lens mount can be adjusted and aligned with camera position. Also, the clamps are adjustable too. So any phone will fit, and it takes just a couple seconds to set it up. Easy to mount, easy to remove. A lot of um, attachment points with standard quarter-inch threads, uh, threaded mounts, cold shoe mount, standard 37 threaded lens mount, and it's also modular, so you actually can remove some parts and kind of make it a little bit smaller for some uh, different scenarios. So when you remove the modules, can you still attach a camera to it or a phone to it? So the idea was to give people option to use uh, clip-on lenses like clip moment lenses and still have some better grip uh, mounting points for tripods for additional accessories. So that's why we did it like that. This looks like it's made of like some sort of high-impact plastic or something? Yes, yeah, so uh, material we use is uh, glass-filled nylon material and also we have some uh, machined components just, you know, to give it more rigid fill and... Um, yeah, it's very durable. All inserts are molded in during the mold injection process. So, so you've got it. Looks like you have a, you've got attachments, so you can hook it up to a tripod. Yes, correct. So we have uh, tripod mounts and uh, additional four mounts, so a user can put uh, cold shoe mounts if they need. I see that you've got an attachment lens to it too. So in case you want to have your uh, phone have a different kind of viewing experience? Yes, correct. So uh, we have our own uh, wide-angle and fisheye lenses, uh, but user can uh, attach pretty much any conversion lens, uh, which has 37 millimeter thread, or larger lenses with step-up rings. So you basically just get this and you can screw in whatever lens you want? Yes, that's correct. 
and also we have a depth of field adapter so it will allow to attach uh, SLR, DSLR lenses to get uh, you know this uh, shallow depth of field look and uh, manual focus control with so I'm going to describe this thing. It looks like you've got this cage and you've got a Nikon, is it a Nikkor? A Nikkor lens attached to it, so a nice old 50, was it a 50, 55? Yes. And it looks huge on this. Can you, can you put a lens this big on that and, and, and it'd be stable? You have to be more kind of careful trying to take more stable handheld shots but so so you're saying that you really should hold this by the lens not by the bracket uh, it's just easier to control the manual focus and plus you know it's more natural grips and right so when you set up this as like as uh, you put your phone in here it almost looks like you're holding a real camera because yes. you've got this big lens on it so you're supporting it like a like a real camera and you're focusing it like a real camera yeah that's correct and uh, like the result is very cool. It's a little bit more complicated to work with than with a regular conversion lens, but with some practice, it, you know, it's possible to achieve very cool look. And you can also hook up. Uh, you have mounts for flash. You have the hot shoe mounts, or not cold shoe mounts, I should say. So we have one cold shoe mount uh, for uh, LED light or for microphone, but also additional four points to attach additional cold shoes if needed. So a lot of different options to set up cool rig. So what is like a basic setup cost for this? So now we are taking pre-orders at bizgrip.com and uh, just for the cage is $80. And uh, we have bundles for lenses and cage and uh, complete bundles so there are some discounts. But yes, just for the basic cage, it's $80 right now. So the basic cage is this without, I'm looking at the cage, or this has a conversion lens, but it would be this without the lens. Yes, really? Okay. Wow, this is fantastic. And uh, how can we uh, find your stuff? Okay, you can check our website, uh, bizgrip.com. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just search for bizgrip. Great. Well, thank you, Vadim, for the uh, demo. And uh, I'm going to put some pictures of this on the uh, site so you can see this pretty cool thing. It looks like you could, you know, be carrying your iPhone or Android phone like a camera. All right. Thanks a lot. Right now I'm at the iBlazer booth. I'm going to speak with Oleg. This is a little light that uh, you attach to your iPhone or tablet. So uh, let me give uh, Oleg from uh, iBlazer. Tell me, uh, tell me about this product. Thank you. Uh, hi, guys. Um, so my name is Oleg. I'm from Conceptor team. We, uh, two years ago, we made the first flash for smartphones. It's called iBlazer. We raised the money on a Kickstarter. Then in two years, we are presenting the new version of iBlazer. It's uh, now become what becomes wireless. Uh, we the same raised uh, 250k on a Kickstarter, and now we are showcasing the product. So the issue is you can touch it uh, via Bluetooth. It can be controllable from the phone. You can control the color temperature, the brightness output. Uh, it has a sensor panel on the back, so you can uh, control it manually by your hand. You can attach it up to 10 devices at once. It will be working simultaneously through the Bluetooth. So let me describe this device. It's, it's a little square, about 
an inch on each side a little bit. It's got four LEDs in it? Yeah, it has four LEDs, two uh, cold one and two warm one. So you, you, can, uh, you can adjust the right color temperature for your, for your photo. Let me, let me ask you, how does this connect to your, to an iPhone or, a, or an iPad or even an Android phone? Uh, yeah, it works with Androids uh, and iOS devices like iPhone and iPads. Uh, you simply need to download uh, our application and pair the, uh, the flash with the phone and uh, then you, need, uh, you, you can control everything from, from our app. So your first device, you were able to get a Kickstarter campaign to be able to fund it? Uh, yep. For, for the first time, we raised uh, 150K. For the second time, 250K. Really? So you now have a, a loyal following? Uh, yeah. So we have like 30,000 uh, 30, of uh, followers and fans. Um, yeah, and people love, love this product because it's small, it's compact, uh, it's very useful uh, for all of the situations. Well, that's fantastic. So you said you had to uh, use your app in order to pair this device. It, what does it use? It use Bluetooth or Wi-Fi? Uh, yeah, so the um, connectivity works uh, through Bluetooth 4.0. Uh, it will be not uh, much drain your battery because it's a new uh, Bluetooth protocol. Uh, so yeah. Can this work with any photo app on an iPhone or an Android, or do you have to use your specific app? Um, actually, we uh, actually the Flash will be working in a full range of fun functionality. We'll be working with our application, but if you want to use a native camera app or uh, another camera, third-party camera apps, you can use it like a constant live mode. Oh, so you can have this thing instead of being a flash, which you yeah. just fire off, you can have it turn on almost like a flashlight. Yeah, right, right. What's the effective range of this light? So it's up to uh, three, uh, up to three meters. Uh, it's up to 10, 10 feet. Because it's got different color LEDs, you can adjust the color of the light that comes out. Yeah, so you, you can uh, control the light output. The maximum uh, brightness uh, is 300 lux on one meter. So it will be uh, uh, great to take in uh, close interviews or the close pictures uh, in the low light situations. My guess is it's powered by, I, I'm looking at it right now, and it's connected to your MacBook, and it's getting charged by that? Yeah, so uh, the device can be charged through the, uh, any USB source. It has a micro USB port, so yeah, as a simple micro USB charger can charge the device. All right, I see one here that's got a connector that will connect to the um, the headphone jack of your phone. Is that your first product? So yeah, the first product works uh, through the audio port. Yeah, it, 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 need, it needs to be attached to the audio jack, and the synchronization works through the audio signals. The, 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 the new one works uh, through the Bluetooth. So I'm guessing that you're still selling your first version as well. Yeah, so we sold about 25,000 uh, units, first first version, and now we're going to launch the second version in re retail this November 2015. Okay, great. So let's get to the prices. What's the uh, what's the original one cost? Uh, so uh, right now it's $40, uh, and it will be uh, $30 when the second version comes out. The new version is $59.99, $6. And we can just order these through your website, or do you have them in stores as well? Right now, the first version is available in Apple stores and Walmart, Best Buy. Uh, the second version right now available as a pre-orders on our website. But uh, until the end of the year, it will be available in stores in U.S. and Canada and 
in 40 countries around the world. You're saying that this first one is available on the Apple stores? Yeah, in on online website. Yeah. Wow, that's great news. Let's just get your um, web address and how we can find out more about you. Just visit iBlazer.com. It's our official website. You can pre-order here. You can uh, ask something if you have any questions. So feel free. Thank you for your attention. Great, Oleg. Thanks, thanks for spending some time with me. It, this it looks like a really cool device. It's going to add a lot of extra light to the shots that you take. And, I mean, the idea that it's also a flash is really cool. So, uh, actually, let me just get an idea. How long does it last with the battery? Uh, so, it will be lasting uh, up to one hour in a constant light mode if you turn on, like, a, for a video mode, or uh, up to 300 flashes in a flash mode. Fantastic. This looks like a great product. Congratulations on the, uh, on the Kickstarter campaign, and, and thanks for uh, talking to me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks. Thank you. So I am at the MyOps booth, which is a triggering device for your camera, and I'm going to talk to Erkan about the MyOps device that is a remote trigger for your camera. This is MyOps trigger. It's actually a camera and flash trigger for high-speed photography. It has some built-in sensors like lightning, laser, and sound. Uh, it detects the high-speed events and triggers your camera automatically to take the pictures of high-speed events such as lightning strikes, popping balloons, breaking glasses, exploding items, and even uh, you can make some time-lapse videos by uh, using its time-lapse function. It is a versatile device. It has all these functions in the same box. Uh, you can navigate between functions easily by using its menu. Also, it has a free application both for iOS and Android, and you can control all functions from your uh, smartphone automatically. Uh, for example, you can go to sound mode, you can set the sensitivity to any desired level, you can set sound delay if you would like to trigger your camera, for example, after 20 milliseconds, once the high-speed event is detected, and just press the uh, start button, that's all. It will start to detect if there is any sound change in the media, and uh, it will trigger your camera or flash uh, once the event is detected. So let me describe this device. It's a, it's a little box yes. that you attach to the hot shoe of your camera, right? Uh, actually, uh, you can mount on top of your camera on the hot shoe, or you can use it uh, on a tripod, or you can use it, it se separately. Okay. Uh, it's just for fixing and st stabilizing it. How do you then connect it to your camera? What's the uh, uh, what's the interface? It has a uh, it has two ports for camera connection and flash connections. Uh, we use a regular remote cable, a remote shutter cable for triggering your camera as manual uh, remote control buttons. So do you have to have a sp specific cable for each different camera manufacturer? Yes, exactly. For example, for Canons, we have three uh, versions. Uh, one is for a Canon 5D, 6D style three pins. Uh, one is for a Rebel series mini subplug. And uh, all uh, other brands uh, have different cables for uh, different... Can you buy the cable separately? Yes, you can buy the cable separately. Actually, we provide the first cable for free. And if you would like to use the device with different cameras and brands, you can purchase additional cables and you can use the regular cables in the markets. So the idea is that you put this on your camera uh -huh. and if, like, say you want, the demo you were showing is a lightning strike. So what, describe what happens. Actually, when you put the device on top of your camera and put the device to lightning mode, uh, it starts to detect uh, if there is any light change to understand if uh, any lightning strikes or not. 
if a meaningful lightning light change occurs, it decides it's a lightning and sends a signal to your camera to capture the moment. That's so lightning happens so fast. So how can you? How can it detect the lightning and then it opens up the shutter of the camera? Actually, we have a really fast microprocessor, so it detects the events under one millisecond and decides if it is a lightning or not and sends the signal to your camera. But your camera has uh, some delay because of its mirror uh, open action. But a regular camera lag is about 50 to 60 milliseconds, but a regular lightning duration is about 200 milliseconds. So it is not so fast to capture it. Actually, lightning is not so fast activity. Really? All right. Yeah. So that there's enough lightning to happen in the sky that there's, there's enough time for your camera yes. to open up. Yes, the uh, regular duration is about 100 milliseconds to 200 milliseconds. So it is not uh, fast for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you said now it's not only sensitive to light, but it's sensitive to sound? Yes, it's also sensitive to sound. For example, if you would like to take a picture of a popping balloon or an exploding item or, or a breaking glass, you can use a sound mode. All you need is to put your device to sound mode, set the sensitivity. If you would like to take the picture with a low sound, you can set the sensitivity to high or vice versa. You can set delay. For example, if you would like to take the picture at further frames of the action, you can set some delay and press start. After that, it will uh, start to detect if there is any sound change, like the lightning version. Lightning version, we're looking for light, and this uh, uh, this mode is looking for sound. Uh, if the sound is detected, it will trigger your camera or flash. But this is a little risky to use this mode to trigger your camera, because, for example, if you would like to take the picture of a popping balloon filled with water, your camera's delay will be a little problem. The best way to use uh, this mode is in a dark room, set your camera to long exposure and connect your device to your flash instead of your camera so that once the event is detected it will trigger your flash and you will stop the motion at the exact time. Wow, wow. so this is a really versatile device. Yeah, exactly. And so what does this cost us? The regular price is 239 and it, it includes the uh, device itself, the first uh, cable connection for your first camera and the flash cable for triggering your flash. And where, where can we order it from? You can purchase directly from our website www.myops.com uh, and also uh, if you are in the United States you can purchase from Adorama and BNH. Oh, so you can order through their website as well? Yes, you can uh, direct order from BNH. Yeah. Well, this looks like an awesome device. <laughs> I mean, it looks like you can have a lot of fun with this. I mean, what have you seen people do with it besides lightning and balloons? Actually, there are uh, lots of different uh, applications. You can see lots of sample uh, pictures in our website if you visit www.myops.com. Uh, you can see uh, different kinds of pictures, an exploding egg, a breaking glass, a rocket launch, for example. Like a Cape Canaveral and the, the yeah, shuttle yeah. going up or the you rockets can, going up? You can set the Myops to sound mode and leave it uh, in a rocket launch area uh, so that once the rocket launches, it will detect the sound and start to trigger your camera. There are some kinds of uh, sample pictures in our webpage. Uh, also, uh, laser mode, may maybe we can talk about the laser mode. Laser mode? Yes. That sounds pretty insane. What is that? Yes, you can use a, a regular a basic laser pointer to feed the receiver of the device, uh, and you can make a light barrier. Once the laser beam is broken, it will trigger your camera. For example, a wild animal. Uh, if you put your 
device in a wild animal area, uh, once the wild animal breaks the beam, it will tr trigger your camera to take the picture. Or water drops, you can make splash photography by using laser mode. Once the water drop breaks the laser beam, uh, it will trigger your camera and you will take the picture of splash. Or bullets, you can uh, use a gun uh, beside the trigger and once the uh, bullet breaks the beam, it will trigger your camera. Well, that's cool. That's great. Thanks for your time. This is a really cool device. I would something I would suggest you getting, especially for this kind of photography, because lightning photography is something I tried. And I do, I live in well, I do it in New York. I live in New York City, and I do it from my window, and it's very hard to do. So, to have something like this would be a really cool thing to to do. So, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. It was really nice to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed my on-the-floor interviews at the Photo Plus Expo in New York City, uh, October 2015. Uh, my first time doing field reporting. I, I enjoyed it, and I will hopefully do more of it as I come up with uh, different events, and I will come and share them with you and make sure the audio quality gets better. Uh, but uh, I was using the equipment I had at the moment. I just need to buy some new mics. So... Uh, please let us know if you enjoyed this. It's again, it's sort of a, this was an extra episode I wanted to throw in, you know, soon after the, uh, after the expo and just before Christmas in case you want to buy any of the stuff for your photographer and your family or for yourself or and so you can write it off for the end of the year. So you can, uh, find us generally at our website, switch to manual.com from there. You can get all the links to the other social sites that we're on twitter we're on twitter as uh, switch the number two manual so switch to manual and we're on the facebook and we have google plus and we also have a Flickr group uh, that we'd like you to join and drop your pictures in and you know if you get us through itunes we would very very much appreciate if you could just drop us a rating and a review, uh, it's nice to see that uh, people are listening and, and enjoy what we're uh, doing. And, you know, give us any feedback if you want. You could email us at info at switchtomanual.com or you can just tweet us and uh, we will uh, listen and enjoy. So I hope you found this very fun. Um, it was fun for me to do it and, and to try something new and uh, We'll see how it goes in the future. I'd like to do some more of this stuff and uh, share it with you guys. So until the next time, I will see you later. And Tom would say, adios. Adios.